What's up, everyone, and welcome to the School District Podcast, or welcome back if you have been listening. I appreciate your ears. I know there's a lot of podcasts out there. Heck, I encourage so many people that I meet on a weekly basis that they should start their own podcast. But you know what? I don't see it as competition. I see it as other people projecting their voice, which is a win-win for everybody. My name is Adam. Welcome. This is my podcast. I'm the host, and I really hope you enjoy all the conversations I have with educators all over the world. I'll tell you, I got some really, really fun, awesome episodes coming up in the next few weeks, months. I was just in Anchorage, Alaska, and uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana for their principal association conferences. And let me tell you, like, super fun, such different kind of cultures. I mean, you got Alaska, you got Louisiana, awesome people, amazing conversations. Let me tell you, Alaska is a hard kind of place to get to. It's a long flight. And then I took the red eye from Anchorage to Louisiana. It was delayed like five hours. It's like a six and a half hour flight from Anchorage to Dallas, Fort Worth. And then like an hour flight, I think, to um, New Orleans, and then like an hour drive to uh, Baton Rouge. And that's like the non-glamorous part of doing what I get to do. It's it's all the travel and then when you get delayed. But then when you're meeting people, I had just such awesome conversations and time with people in both states. I should do like a debrief podcast, honestly, like on what I get to do now. Actually, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do a debrief podcast on just what I get to do and all the different interactions and stories. I think that would be a fun thing to do. On this podcast, we talk about the pain points and lessons learned in education. So honestly, we can all simply be better for kids and the colleagues we work with. Please consider subscribing to the podcast and share your favorite conversations with colleagues or anyone you think would enjoy. And if you have a guest that you think I should have on the podcast, send me an email, adamwelcome at gmail com or a DM on Twitter or Instagram, wherever you connect with me. I would love to get some recommendations. Today's episode is brought to you by me. I'm the sponsor. The best way to support the podcast is pick up one of my books, Kids Deserve It, Run Like a Pirate, Empower Our Girls or Teachers Deserve It. They are all available on Amazon or wherever books are sold. And Kids Deserve It is also on Audible as an audiobook if you'd rather listen to the words than read them. And if your organization, your school, district, county, service unit, conference, or company is having an event, that is what I do full time now. And they're looking for a high energy, relevant, relatable, fun, down to earth speaker. I think I just kind of balance all those things. I'm fun, but I like people walk away with tangibles. I love getting messages two, three, four days after an event, I was just in Pennsylvania a couple of weeks ago. I had 1,500 teachers. I've been getting so many messages from principals and teachers about like, oh, hey, I'm doing this. Or, oh, hey, I did that. One of the guys just actually just sent me a text message. Oh, I took this idea that you had. And man, it's awesome. So uh, that's what I do. Um, you can reach out directly so we can talk about your event and schedule something amazing for your team. I've given well over 300. I think I'm like at 325 keynotes all across North America. I got breakout sessions, coaching, leadership strands. I would love to work with you. And let me tell you, it is October 21st, 2022 right now. I am more booked for 2023 than I ever have been the last like six years 
that I've been speaking. Last August, I had to turn down 20 or 25 events because I was already booked on those days in August. So the sooner you reach out and find a date and we connect, the sooner we can get it on the calendar. Adam, welcome at gmail.com or Mr. Adam, welcome. Dot com. It's in the show notes as well for more information about speaking, also my other podcast and blog. All right. My guest for today is somebody that I've been connected with for a while on social media, and we actually got the chance to meet in person and connect in Louisville last summer at the NASP conference. And right away, like literally five minutes with this guy, I'm like, I love his jam. I love his mojo. I love his vibes just happy, positive, wicked smart, Dr. Gerard Phillips Sr. You spend some time with this guy and you're like, oh, I need to spend more time with him. He's an elementary principal in Magnolia, Delaware. And uh, we just had an awesome conversation. I was like, dude, we got off. And I'm like, dude, I could keep talking with you for hours. We talked for like 10 minutes uh, after I hit, after I stopped recording, definitely somebody I'm going to have to have uh, back on the show. He was the national uh, assistant principal of the year for Delaware a couple years ago, you know, former teacher, dean, assistant principal, principal, and um, the world is just starting to hear about Gerard. Awesome guy, awesome educator. We have a lot of fun. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Make sure you connect with Gerard on social media. It's all linked in the show notes. Hey, have an amazing day and enjoy the conversation. Dr. Gerard Phillips, what's up, man? Welcome to the podcast, dude. What's going on? Man. Welcome, I'm glad to be here. Dude, you've been on my list. We connected in person in Louisville last summer at the NAESP conference. And uh, we chatted quite a bit and uh, you know, we've been following each other on social media for a while, but it's not the same as like connecting with somebody in person. And I'm like, dude, this guy's energy is just positive, always smiling, always happy. I just love your vibe, man. So I'm just, uh, I'm just super excited to have you on the show. Principal in Delaware. Everybody go to Twitter right now, J.A. Phillips, and then 0722. I'm going to link it in the show notes as well. Uh, Gerard shares awesome stuff just from his school and just positivity and just good mojo for any, I would say any educator, but especially uh, principles, but uh, man, the people out there that don't know you, just kind of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit, of, a little background, Gerard. Well, um, of course, my name is Dr. Gerard Phillips. I'm a elementary principal of a building, grades one through five. We have about 605, 610 students um, here in Delaware. Um, I'm in one of the fastest growing districts in Delaware and um, just finished my first year as a principal this summer. I went into my second year and I've been at my current building since uh, the summer of 2018, worked my way up, um, had two principals while being an assistant principal. Um, I just love all things leadership and I just love all things kids and just trying to change the narrative in education. So that's, that's a lot about me. I was the 2021 Delaware National Assistant Principal of the Year. Um, before I got into leadership, I was a dean of students at a middle school as well as a eighth grade math teacher. But um, my love is just leadership and just trying to do things different than what's been done before because COVID has really showed us we can't do the things that we used to do for kids. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Man, just talking to you, I want to go back and be a principal. You know, I talk to some people and I'm like, yeah, and then talking to someone like you, I'm like, dude, I miss it. I miss being with the kids. I miss I miss being uh, with teachers. But uh, real quick, man, you started a school podcast because you're on a microphone 
uh, right now. Y'all can't see uh, Gerard, but he's got a he's got a mic. So tell me, like, how's it going, and like, what's the feedback from from the community? Oh, the feedback from the community has been real good. Like when I went to your session at NESP, I was really blown away, and it's crazy because when I um, when you told me about this microphone, I'm like, hey, I gotta get it. So when I went back to my hotel room and I'm talking to my wife later on at night and she's like, uh, like she's telling, like she's talking me out of buying it. And I'm like, why is she talking me out of it? So unbeknownst to me, like our, our anniversary was later on that month. So within two weeks, like one of my anniversary gifts was this. And she's like, that's why I was trying to talk you out of it because you kind of gave me a gift idea. Ah. Ideas. So she's like, that's why I had to have switch it up and uh, talk you out of it. But the podcast is going great. Um, I started, it, it was hard to get kids in over the summer. So um, like my PTA, PTA president and vice president, they are always in and out of the building. So I grabbed their kids a couple of times. And now, um, right now for the past couple of weeks, I've been using some of my fifth grade leaders because I really have a connection with my fifth graders because they were first graders when I started here. Mm. So I'm like, I got to start with the group that I know the best. Um, and parents have been very receptive. Um, one one mom, the first time I did it, she emailed back and was like, hey, I'm new to the school. I think this is awesome because you're right. Like with newsletters, they can get a little long to read. But if I'm, you know, driving home from work and I'm in rush hour traffic, coming from Philly, coming back to Delaware, it's a quick eight to 10 minute listen. And whatever I know I need to get, I just I just go straight to that part of the written form. So I, I've been loving it. Oh man, I love that. I love that feedback. Shout out to Mrs. Phillips for surprising you with the microphone. Shout out to Logitech in blue, uh, draws on a blue mic. So am I. They're, uh, they're made by Logitech, which is an awesome company that I've done some work with. Just a really great mic to start out and also just kind of continue your journey on podcasting. So I love how you've come up, teacher, dean, assistant principal, principal. Um, what advice, what is your best advice for someone that wants to get into school administration? Um, this is going to sound weird, but I know a lot of times at the teacher level, um, you know, we have teacher contracts and certain things, but in order to advance from teacher to leadership, you're going to have to get your feet wet doing some things outside of your contractual hours or what's bound to the contract. Um, that's the only way you're going to actually get some real world experience. Um, because if, if you have a principal that um, has some leadership opportunities and he wants to get you involved with that, some of the leadership opportunities may take you into some meetings or some Zooms that occur at five, six o'clock in the evening. Um, and that it was definitely well with outside of the contract hours, but that six to seven meeting where you can sit in, you can actually get to see the conversation between other leaders you can really start to think, okay, if I was in that role and I make this same decision. So I would say you have to put yourself in places that are above you and go outside of the box and spend a little extra time as well as you, you have to read or find PD, whether it's on Twitter, Boxer, conferences that your district isn't providing because there's so many, so many, so many PD days in a year in a district, a district's going to have some, and then they're going to allot some to your principal. And some of those ones that's allotted to your principal, your principal has certain things that they want to get done for their building. So a lot of the PD is not going to be personalized. So you got to go outside the box. Like I know when I was a teacher, I can remember I got on Twitter in 2012, and I'll never forget um, Sat Chat. And I got so many different resources from a lot of those math teachers from New Jersey. And I would have never gotten that stuff 
from my from that from my district because they had so much other things going on. So, like I know there's a lot of different mediums, but as a teacher leader, you you're going to have to do some things that your colleagues aren't doing in order to get you that experience. Yeah, a shout out to SatChat, hashtag SatChat. I think it's like it's 7 a.m. Eastern. Is that right? Yeah, or, or it's early. So I've done it a few times because that's like 4 a.m. my time. But they also have SatChat WC, so SatChat West Coast. Um, if people are listening, um, I think it's a couple hours later. Gerard, mm -hmm. when do you ask for help, and and how do you ask? And I. So to kind of like paraphrase, like you and I are driving somewhere, let's say you and I are driving cross country and our phones are dead, or maybe we're in a place where there's no cell coverage and we're, we're lost. Like we've been driving around, like you and I are just taking a trip across the country or maybe your family and you're lost and you know you're lost. I think some people will just keep driving, trying to like figure out where to go. And then other people are gonna be like, okay, bro, pull over to the gas station, we need to find directions. And I asked that question in that kind of way because I work with a lot of school leaders around the country and I feel like some know when to, I'm gonna ask for help now. And then others kind of like get stuck in the mud and they keep churning and churning and churning and churning and they get frustrated and they, and they create bigger problems. So to kind of like back up and look at, look at something, when do you ask for help and when do you know that you need to ask for help? And then who do you ask? Um, in your ecosystem or in your social media ecosystem um, when something's going on? So I, like using in the outside of education, like I think it depends on if it's territory that I've never been in before. Like, okay, I'm here in Delaware, not too far from Philly. So anything dealing with Philly or South Jersey, if I get lost, I'm more apt to take an extra five, 10, 15 minutes to try to figure it out before I ask for help. But if, for example, if I'm, if I'm in San Francisco and I get a rental car, the minute I realize I'm not on track, I'm stopping and asking for help. <laughs> so I think it's I think it's territory you've been in before. So for me in education, anything dealing with discipline, because I had a, when I was a dean of students, I was a dean of students in a school that had a principal, two assistant principals, and about 800 kids. And neither three of the administrators, they all were focused on instruction and other things. So I dealt with all the discipline. And then in my second role, I dealt with a lot of discipline. So when I came to the principalship, anything dealing with discipline, I'm probably never going to ask for help. I'm going to go to the book or rely on things that have worked for me before. Yeah. But in this role, when it comes to like instructional leadership or anything dealing with employee discipline or a human resources thing, I'm not even going to play around with it. I'm just going to go in and reach out and ask for help. Um, I think it's knowing what your strengths are. Because sometimes when you know what your strengths are, you, you don't mind like, you know, navigating and figuring out. But when you know that's an area of need, um, for me, I know like with um, teacher observations, I'm very good at like looking at everything in the classroom and giving feedback. But sometimes honing in on just only one or two things that the teacher needs to work on rather than just like, okay, how about we try A, B, C, D and then putting too much on their plate. So that's an area that I'm always in my mastermind or any other conversation with other principals. I'm always having a conversation with that instructional leadership component to make sure I'm actually meeting the need of teachers and helping them grow. I love how you broke it down like that. Like just know right away what your experience is and what your strengths are. And then 
tell yourself and be honest with yourself. Like Gerard's like, hey, I don't know about this. I got to ask for help. And I think that goes back to the crux of the question. People listening, just, you know, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to ask for directions. If you're in San Francisco, I've never been to Delaware. If I don't know, if I'm going to go out to eat, I'm going to call Gerard. Yo, bro, I'm in town. Where should I go eat? I'm not going to just drive around like, oh, that restaurant looks good. You know, go to the person that you think can help you. I think that's a really good strategy. How do you plan your day? And then how do you prioritize once you are in your day? Because we know, dude, like the best made plans. Oh, my calendar. My calendar is awesome today. And then something happens and then your calendar goes bye-bye. So how do you plan and how do you prioritize kind of once the day starts? So one thing that I started this year, which has been helpful, is I really try to put every little thing in my calendar ahead of time and not try to go off memory. And then every morning, um, I have what I call my support team huddle. So it's me, my assistant principal, my constable, my instructional coach, and my interventionist. And we just all like do a quick 15 minute uh, roundabout of what's going on in each other's day. So that way they'll know what I got going on. So if I say I have, you know, two or three observations and I have a lunch duty coming up, they'll be more apt to, if something comes up, let me try to figure this thing out. Cause I know this time frame draw is supposed to be here. Um, and I'm, I'm supposed to do that with my with my secretaries and nurse every day right after that one. But that doesn't always happen because of things happening. So I got to get better with that. But I think that support huddle really helps my team know that I'm just not nilly willy anywhere. And they know, OK, this is the time frame I can get with them. Or if I know he's coming out of a, if he's going in observation at 1030, he'll be out at 1115. I know 1120, I can get in contact with him. Um, but like you said, things do come up during the day that will that will throw your schedule off. Like I don't don't even, I don't mind my schedule being thrown off. The only things that, and I'm pretty sure you can test to it, that I try not to have to reschedule are teacher observations. Because when you get behind in those, like a teacher won't mind if you got to miss a pre-op or a post-op, and you can because you can get some. I'd rather miss a pre-op because, you know, the one form here in Delaware, the component one form, a lot of questions you ask in there, you can get from that form. But that follow-up, I try not to miss a post-op or reschedule that or reschedule observation because those those two things are key. But like you said, there are some things that happen in, in, in the course of a day that will, that will blow your schedule up. Yeah, you never want to jinx yourself. I used to be like, oh, Friday, I got nothing on my calendar. And then boom, three teachers out. You got discipline and you're like, no. And that just happens, right? It comes with the territory. Gerard, I'm curious, what is your favorite interview question when you're interviewing people to join your team? Is there one question that you really maybe love to ask people um, just to kind of get like a different response or see how they think or if they'd be a really good fit in the team and the culture? Oh yeah, one that I asked, and it's, I'll give a generic form of it because it, some of the words in it changes from whether I'm hiring for a teacher or a para or a support role, but it's always in the realm of, um, Think about a time when the adults that you were working with, you intuitively knew that something wasn't going well. What did you do to rectify the situation? <laughs> like, it's always in that realm of, um, like, you, in, intuition, you know the adults you're working with, there was a bad vibe, like, mm -hmm. you guys weren't working together correctly, or things just weren't getting done. You knew things were not going well. What did you do to help rectify it? Yeah, I like that. Looking inside to see uh, 
how you could have changed. I feel that we have a, a TMI problem in education, too many initiatives, you know, yes. what, what do you do? How do you, so, I mean, it's, it's tough as a principal because you got state things, you got federal things, you got, you know, central office or like here, do this at your school. How do you decide? How do you make decisions and lead to make sure what is really happening? And I know it's your only second year as principal, obviously you were there before, but like, what's your process to make sure what you are doing, what you are bringing in, and also maybe have conversations with your people. You're having a you're having a grade level meeting with third grade, and you know they're like they're doing some things that you're like, yo, that's like 20 years ago. You know, how, how do you kind of just navigate all of that? Um, because I feel like I feel like in education we're trying to I think we're trying to do way too many things, mm -hmm. and you know I think sometimes we are on the verge of not doing anything well. Um, we're doing 25 to 30 things with mediocrity. So what, what's kind of your headspace and how do you think about that? Well, I know, you know, as a principal, we go to a lot of, we go to meetings with our, you know, with our bosses and we know that certain things coming down the pike. So having those candid conversations there, but also knowing that when there are certain things you got to bring down to the building level, I triage it and I always say, this is what we're doing. But I know if the district has five things going on, I try to piecemeal and I'm doing one or two at a time with the with the end in mind that we're gonna to get to the five, but not actually telling my staff that the whole totality of it, because we kind of gotta be doctors and triage and things. And I'm real big on because a lot of times, you know, things that teachers think that come from district office all the time, um, they'll they'll use the terminology of the district or the district, and I'll and I'll quickly say, hey, hey guys. The assistant superintendent has their own job to worry about. The director of teacher learning has their own job to worry about. I can't worry about what they have going on. I only can focus on Cedar Lane Elementary and the 610 kids here and the five or six teachers in each grade level in the parents. I got to worry about what's good for us. So I'm always going to do the best thing for kids. But like you said, there's a lot of niches going on. So as a leader, that's where I try to make sure I'm listening to as many podcasts as possible reading reading as much as possible because i'm actually pushing back on teachers like hey guys i know y'all like doing this but i'm at this conference i'm reading this research based article and these are things that aren't working nationally for kids so where it does where it's easy for us to continue doing that i have articles and research to back up that this is not what we should be doing yeah, I did that. I did that process, you know, and I used to, I was guilty of it when I was a teacher, I would be like the district. And then I remember my, my coach was like, you know, Adam, we are the district. And I think there's this like divide sometimes from schools to central office. Yep. That's just really like another school. There's no kids there. It's only adults, but we're all under the same umbrella, but it can be hard. It can be hard for people. What are you most proud of at your school, Gerard? Um, I'm, I'm so proud of the, the support from our families. Um, like our, fa our families are amazing. Like I, I get, I get very little parent complaints. And when parents do push stuff to me, it, they're, they're very valid and they're fixable situations, but at the center of it, it's not a great at the center of it is making sure that their kid gets what they need, or they're actually alerting me to a blind spot. For example, I know we, we have, a, um, we have an autism program in our building and 
my first year, we did open house. So when the open house, when, the, when it came out in the newsletter for open house, one of the parents, I'll never forget it, of our autism program reached out to me an email and it was on a Friday evening. And it was like, hey, Dr. Phillips, um, you know, we're new here, blah, blah, blah. In our last school open house, we always had an hour before everybody else for sensory free, meet the teacher. So our open house, so that way it was not like a, whole, a, a huge sensory overload on our students. And as I'm reading his reasoning, on a Friday night, I picked up the phone and called him and was like, you are absolutely right. Can we partner? And you tell me how y'all did it at your last school and I want to mirror that. And I, so my parents have been amazing with helping me see the blind spots. And then a lot of my senior teachers that could actually retire, they're kind of hanging in there and they're like, they're helping me out so much and I'm, I'm appreciative of it. Yeah, you don't want anybody to retire right now, man, with no. like people needing teachers. I just want to echo what you just said, man. Like everybody listening, what Gerard did is so powerful. You pick up the phone and you call that family. And it, first of all, it just gets you in communication with that family right away. Um, and it didn't sound like they were like horribly upset, pissed mm -hmm. off. They were more like bringing something to your attention. Yeah. But what you did is, man, you just built a bridge and a relationship and built culture because that parent's going to tell another family. And then, you know, they're not thinking about it all weekend. They're like, oh, my gosh, do you know what this principal just did? And they're brand new to the school. You know, I would just say when in doubt, people, even if you get an email, I was just in Alaska and Louisiana at uh, their principal conferences and people were complaining about email. And I said, you know, you don't need to answer every email that you get. Sometimes the best thing to do is pick up the phone just like you did and it's not always going to be the case obviously but that is such a no-brainer and you get what 10 minutes it's a friday you want to go home obviously but a 10 minute call you just gain so much cred and you could just and you get to get get to the problem sooner to help solve it for your school actually i'm gonna go a step further i'll i'll never forget it was a friday and that email was at like uh, like six something and i'm sitting on my couch because i it was let me see let me go think maybe a maybe a baseball game or something was coming on. And I'm like, and I'm just, I shouldn't have been checking emails, but I was, and I'm like, you know what? I can't let this parent think about this all weekend. Boom, and I picked up and I'm like, you're, dad, you're absolutely right. Like, mm -hmm. let's partner up. Yeah, no, I love that. Gerard, if you could choose one person, alive or dead, to spend the day with, Ooh. who's not a family member, who would it be and why? Ooh. Hmm. I want to say MLK, Martin Luther King Jr. Got gotta be because just his leadership in the in the face of adversity, and then just some readings I've done about um, how who he was before it before he was world renowned. It just it just was amazing that his perseverance and his goals that everything he did lined up to what he wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And how he wanted to just be a change. I don't think he realized how much it was going to blow up, but no matter what he did, he just wanted to be a change maker. And he was like adamant about education, education, trying to do as much as he could to put as much in his brain as possible. So I definitely would like this. I would spend a day with him to pick his brain. And all the change that MLK's work 
is still making to this day. I mean, how many schools are named MLK in yeah. elementary, middle school, or high school? I mean, gosh, what a, what a legacy. Gerard, a big part of this podcast is amplifying the voices of my guests. So I'm just going to pass the microphone over to your microphone. What would you like to say to all the people that listen to this podcast? Hey, I say keep tuning in um, because I know me listening to this podcast, all summer and into this school year, like I've gotten some 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 nuggets. And I would just say for leaders and inspiring leaders, you gotta continue to grow. Like do some things this year you didn't do last year. And don't be afraid to, because I know some people that are, you know, sometimes we get in a mindset of like checklist people and we're so so type A. Don't be afraid to do something different or stray from that to be vulnerable. Yeah, no, I love it. Dr. Gerard Phillips, J.A. Phillips 0722. I'm going to link it in the show notes. Bro, I loved hanging out in person in Louisville, man. I just love, I love your vibe, dude. I love your energy, just positive, happy, smiling. Thank you to uh, Mrs. Phillips for getting you that podcast and microphone. I love that she was like, don't buy it. No, 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 no. And just being all, being all sneaky. Those are sometimes the best. Those are sometimes the best surprises. So man, I appreciate it, dude. Hopefully I'm going to be back your way uh, someday soon. And I'm going to, I'm going to reach out and hopefully I can come by Cedar Lane and, uh, and see what's up, man. And, uh, and walk the halls. That would be fun. Yeah, that would be real fun. Yeah, that would be fun. Everybody listening. Thanks for all you do. And I hope that you have an absolutely amazing day.